Maddie Get Good is a childhood grammar police turned copywriter. Maddie Get Good will help you get good at copywriting. All right, back to the script. She's currently Brooklyn-based and is working at Virtue Worldwide. They're the creative agency born from Vice. They are not exclusive to Vice. They are just owned by Vice. So that helps them bring in a lot of cool clients. And we'll talk about that on this episode. Maddie graduated from FSU, Florida State University, a few years ago. Maddie and I are both a part of the COVID-19 class of 2020. We talk about how she scraped her way out of the pandemic to rise to incredible agencies. Her advice in this episode is extraordinarily beneficial and applicable to current students and job seekers today. Maddie was resourceful and strategic as she participated heavily in summer programs such as VCU Camp Adventure. Her mentors there, and also some found through advertising Twitter, were able to connect her to Crispin, Porter, and Bogusky, and now Virtue Worldwide. So if you're an aspiring copywriter, let's talk about this. You got to be on Twitter. Post content daily, follow major ad accounts, and you can start with at Maddie Get Good. Next, follow RGA and Dong Draper. Then follow the accounts that they like and retweet, and boom, you'll be in ad Twitter. And that community might do more for you than LinkedIn, especially if you're interested in copywriting. Maddie talks candidly in this episode, and I love that. You will too, and I'm excited for you to listen. You can connect with Maddie by visiting our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. All one word at Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram. We have all her links in the bio there and her recommended resources tailored just for you. This episode is supported by Chicago Portfolio School. It's a one year portfolio school option. In one year, either in in person or online, you will create a book that rivals those, maybe even better, of two-year programs. Who's got time for two years? Recruiters love the thousands of books that have come out of the school, and you can check those out at chicagoportfolio.com. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Get good. Welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on take two, actually. So it'll be really good this time. Yeah, thank you for having me again. (laughs) Yeah, last time uh, I had some technical difficulties. One of the few times that I've had to re-record. So thank you for being a trooper. But tell us about yourself. You are a copywriter at Virtue Worldwide. What does that mean? What is Virtue Worldwide? Who are you? Give us the rundown. Awesome. Yeah. So Virtue is an advertising agency underneath Vice. Um, So we get to do a lot of really cool projects and get to partner with people at Vice Media and Vice News and everything like that. So it's a really exciting dynamic that they have. And yeah, I'm a copywriter. Started there a couple months ago. It's going great. So you're... What's the work look like then? If if Vice is like your main client or you're the agency for, for Vice, what can... What does that work look like? So we're not actually an agency for Vice. We're just an advertising agency that is owned by Vice. 
So we do projects for a ton of different clients. I work on Coca-Cola, Logitech, Vanguard. So a bunch of different, you know, outside people. But the thing that makes it really easy with Vice is that we can easily place ads on Vice. So we can use like Refinery29 or we can use directors from Pulse Films or anything else that we need to do. So it's just a really nice kind of group of people that we get to work with instead of actually having to advertise for them. Uh, so a lot of the clients who probably work on, it's kind of like a, a strategic partnerships or they, they understand that Vice is going to be an influence with your agency and then they probably have some interest in working together in some way. I think that Vice kind of pulls in the names. People get excited by the name, but we honestly don't tap them often enough to where they're involved in all of our processes. We're still like a fully, you know, kind of independent working creative agency. Okay. Now, um, so so are you part of a larger holding company or is it just the Vice Media Group or whatever it's called? Yeah, Vice Media Group would be like the holding company of it. Interesting. Are there any other agencies like that you know that have a similar structure where they're owned by a larger like media group like that? Honestly, I don't think so. And I think that that is, I could be wrong, but I think that that is something that makes Virtue super unique is that we do have that ability to tap photographers and directors and all these other people like just in Slack. I like, I can message someone who's, you know, an editor at Vice or a writer for Refinery29 or whatever it is. And I think that that makes it really unique. Yeah, that is unique. Because I know like, uh, so Droga, and I think most people are familiar, like Droga, Droga in like 2019 was acquired by Accenture. And that's like a large consulting company, which is different from media groups or large uh, holding companies like IPG or WPP. Mm -hmm. So this is a different uh, area. So it's really interesting to me. And you said you get some cool clients. Tell us some of the clients that you guys have right now or, or who you have had. What, what's that look like? What's the dynamic? Yeah, so I primarily work on Coca-Cola, Vanguard, and Logitech. Um, mm, so we nice. have, yeah, so we have all of those big clients. And then we're constantly pitching. So we always have a lot of new business coming in. They don't really work on... Um, like an AOR basis, it's more so a project basis. So sometimes they'll just get like one project to do for Coca-Cola or whatever it is, but we're starting to get a really steady workflow from a lot of different places. So it's been really exciting momentum. Nice. Nice. And you're a copywriter. So what does a copywriter do? At, what do you do as a copywriter at Virtue? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of it is creative concepting. I would say a lot of the stuff that they do is like big activations and big executions. So that's something that's really interesting that I'm getting to spend, you know, probably more than half of my time, not just writing, but actually just coming up with a lot of really fun things to do. And then of course, the other half of it is writing. So doing, you know, writing in presentations, writing in decks, doing banner ads, social, billboards, all the kind of typical things you would think of at the same time. Gotcha. What's the concepting process look like online with your company? Yeah. Um, well, we do work primarily online. We have the office open right now. So oh, nice. I, I have gone into the office a couple times if it's like a big group brainstorm. So that's been really exciting to meet some of my coworkers in person. But I also think that we really nailed down the work from home aspect of it. My art director and I will just 
sit on the phone for like five hours and we'll probably only talk for like 30 minutes of it and the rest of it is just us sitting on mute and then going off and being like does this sound okay okay cool and then going back on mute so definitely a weird (laughs) not like your typical thing that everybody else does but it definitely works for us i I respect that who's your art director do you want to give her him a shout out yeah my art director is andrew michael shout out andrew Um, no, I mean, like, that's actually, like, I think people, when they're entering the business or they're, they're in school, it's like, you're, you're, it's a big group brainstorm all the time. A lot of it is working on your, with yourself, you know, coming up with a hundred ideas and then you go and regroup after that. And that can take a lot less time, but it's a lot of solo work. So, right. That is interesting. And how long have you been there? You, I think you moved, you, you started there recently, right? Yeah, within I think the last like six months, I started back in August. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. We follow. We're following a similar timeline with our with careers. I graduate. We, we graduated the same year, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You graduated from Florida State University. Yep. So let's just kick it back to that then. We'll just tell your story and how you got to virtue. Um, I guess my next question would be, how did you discover advertising and how did you get involved with it in college? Yeah. So when I was going to FSU, it was really random. I had a Spanish class with someone. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was in like the undecided major or whatever it was for people who couldn't figure their lives out just yet. And I had a Spanish class with someone and he said he was in advertising and that it was really fun. And I was like, okay, I'll just take a class and try it. So then that's what I did. And then I switched my major and then I was pretty much it from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, the kid in your Spanish class said advertising that caught your attention and then you transferred it. Yep. <laughs> and that's what it is, really. Uh, it is a transfer in major. And yeah. I don't know about your school, but maybe not your school, but at Illinois, it, like I think like two thirds of our ad majors are transferred in. Like they transferred in. Only one yeah. junior were direct admit. So I was the same way too. I transferred in. So yeah. You know, I think a lot of people just don't really know about it. Like I didn't know growing up, you know, back in high school and stuff that it was a career. I didn't know that it was like an option. So then when I got to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do, then when people started telling me about it, it was like, that's exciting. But like, had I known earlier, I probably wouldn't have had to stumble in, but sometimes that's, that's the fun of it. You know, what's interesting is I've talked to a lot of people on this podcast and some of the themes are, uh, they actually don't recommend studying advertising in college. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting perspective. And I think that what they're trying to say is like, and the way to summarize it is you, to develop interests outside of advertising will only help you more. So if you have some hard skills like creative, uh, creative writing, I know is great for copyright, or a lot of people are even pre-law and they go into advertising. Um, yeah. So what, what's your take on that? Mm, it's a good point. I mean, you know, now that I think about it, like, honestly, if I could do it again, I probably would have done creative writing to kind of get that more solidified writing background. Because specifically at FSU, our, you know, advertising program was very general. There wasn't a creative track or anything. Yeah. So we had to take all the different types of disciplines. I had to take classes in account management, in media planning and all these different things that I will probably never use again. But had I started at a writing foundation, I probably wouldn't have had to teach myself so much as I went on. 
now we're in a subject that I'm really interested in and this, we, we could segue out, but I, I think there's merit to like a wide advertising education, uh, you know, understanding the media planning and the account management and the strategy. I think those are all really great and I, I don't regret it. But if I were to go again and I really wanted to be a strategist per se, I would probably study like philosophy or something like mm-hmm. something large or something uh, interesting along those lines. Thinking, thinking how to think is what would be really interesting for strategy. Um, Definitely. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you bring up a good point. A lot of these undergrad schools are not fully, I mean, some, I mean, I'm not going to speak for all undergrads, but not all these undergrads are prepared for like a creative curriculum. They'll, they'll probably have a couple of professors or a, an advanced class. I know Alabama has like a portfolio program called Minerva. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're not all fleshed out. So what did you do like in your college experience to get that, that creative experience, to get to that spec work, to get that stuff in your book? What would you find successful? Yeah, so because FSU didn't have so much of that. I kind of had to go out of the way and look for some other programs outside of school to kind of teach me those things. So back when I was a sophomore, I did the Creative Circus Portfolio School Summer Program. So there I was able to actually learn about, you know, what exactly a creative does in advertising. I was able to try out art direction, copywriting, strategy, all these other things and get to work together in a group to actually like start trying to build campaigns. And then realized that I really liked copywriting. And then after that, did a ton of other programs. Um, like well, let's talk uh, about that. What was, how long was that program? That program was like three months just for a summer. Oh, wow. And yeah, how, so, how many like pieces did you would you say you got on your portfolio? Like how many campaigns were made it? I mean, by the time that I had a portfolio, when I finished, you know, college altogether, most of my book pieces came from those three months. I think I had like three or four projects just from those couple weeks. Right. That's yeah. I mean, that just shows like workshops, portfolio schools are like, you know, that's what they're there for. Obviously, I'm not going to lie. I work at Chicago portfolio school, so I have to give that a plug. But wherever you go, like they specialize in campaign pieces so yeah I think there's so many other programs now though like I did you know I did the couple months and that was great but I kind of think I learned like what I needed to learn I don't know that I would have had to go back for the two years obviously I didn't because I didn't go back and do it I ended up getting a job by the time I you know just graduated my regular undergrad program but now there's so many other like free programs like Mary Busby and Lauren Meadows started the workshop or I also did VCU's Camp Adventure, and that was another free, you know, program where I got a huge book piece out of that as well. And it was all free. It was all online, and it was like it was very official. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, those are going to give you the experience of working in a group. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can find a lot of those different resources. I think the the one thing about portfolio schools. Well, the one I work at specifically is it's a one year accelerated. So it is more intense and it is more of like you tried for two years after on your own mm-hmm. and you might have gotten into like health agencies or you're doing like work you don't really like, which is not to say there's anything wrong with health, but you just want to go back and, and, and you just want to get a stronger foundation. Yeah. It's just a revamp for sure. 
but that's what we do. Um, so you got, so talk about more about this VCU camp adventure and what did it do for you specifically? Yeah, so VCU Camp Adventure, I did, I want to say, two summers ago. Um, it was right when the pandemic hit. So I was trying to look for internships. I had applied to so, so many internships. And then one after the other, we just started getting all the emails that were like, so sorry, we're canceling our program. So that was a huge bummer because, you know, yeah. one, I wanted to have an internship because I really wanted to get that experience. But two, I literally couldn't graduate without having an internship. So I don't worry about it. I, I don't, I, I remember we had to do something like that and I was lucky to have one. But when I emailed like the advisor and I don't know if a lot, I think a lot of programs might have, you can pretty much get by that. Like, oh no, ours was very strict. <laughs> really? That's bullshit, especially for 2020. Like they should have like well, you know, I don't know. I never asked. Like maybe, maybe they let up that year, but I was very stressed out about it. Um, but then VCU Camp Adventure started up, so I didn't really have to worry about it. Yeah. Is that what you use for it? Yeah. So oh, I was yeah, so I was able to use VCU Camp Adventure as my internship experience. And then at the same time that I was there, they offered an internship also. So not only did I do the regular camp program that everybody else was in, but at the same time, I interned for a small agency that had relations with VCU that was based out of Richmond also. Okay. What was that one called? That was called Familiar Creatures. Nice. Everybody get familiar with Familiar Creatures. <laughs> cool. So you, it opened a door for you. You got like a double internship opportunity. That was 2020, right? That, that was like when all the internships and like some – Agencies knew like they kind of moved quick. They had like these academies that were unpaid. Mm -hmm. Just like chimed in every once in a while. But I, yeah, my job got pushed back six months. So I mean, everybody felt it. Yeah. Sure. But you made it work out uh, with with VCU. Thanks to them, Allison Farrell was one of the founders of that. On the previous episode, she recommended you. Mm -hmm. So yep, that's how I know her. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So that's awesome. How did you then, how did you jump from the internship search to your first job then? Yeah, so I had that internship experience. I went back to college for a semester and really just focused on kind of finishing up my portfolio, getting all those pieces from Creative Circus, from BCU, really compiling them into something that I was proud of by the time I graduated. And then when I did graduate, it did take me a little bit of time to find a job. Um, I had to freelance for a little bit. That was an interesting experience. Yeah, talk, highlight that a little bit. How'd you get into that? What did that look like? Yeah, so I had no experience with freelancing, but actually one of my mentors from Camp Adventure was like a freelancer. She never you know, stayed at an agency long. She would permanently freelance. So I had to hit her up with a bunch of questions and ask about how to create, you know, scopes of work and how to bill clients and all these different things. And it was a really big learning curve. Right. And I remember last time we recorded and failed on my end, you said you had like a sheet, right? You had like a an outline. Yeah, I have like a template for how you can do it. Great. How long does that take like to do one? I mean, 
it doesn't take very long. I mean, because it's in the nice template format that was passed off to me, <laughs> you just kind of yeah. plug in your information and it was super you, helpful. I mean, how would you find like people to work with? Like what, what was your outreach um, strategy? Um, honestly, Twitter, I would just like find threads where people were talking about needing freelance copywriters. I would DM people and it would go from there. Okay. Like, give me a scenario, like play, play a scenario out like that you've done or like a, a pretty basic one that what's the general like outline look like somebody reaches out, you go on Twitter, walk me through it from there. Yeah. So I did a freelance project for Patreon and that was one of the ones that I got through Twitter. So I, I think at the time, um, this was, you know, obviously we're still in the pandemic. So this was still pandemic era. Also, people were just posting a lot of jobs online to kind of give people that opportunity to, you know, find jobs without having to go through an agency or whatever else it is, something official. So people are just posting jobs all the time. Someone posted about needing a freelance writer for Patreon. I DM them, sent them my LinkedIn, sent them my book. They emailed me and then we just kind of started working from there. Okay, simple as that. And then did you have to like negotiate pricing and like time? Like where does that come in? Yeah, so I had to figure out what my rate was gonna be. I talked to the mentor that I had from Camp Adventure about how to calculate that and everything. And then, yeah, I had to put that all into a scope of work. And then you have to talk about, you have to estimate how much time it's going to take you. I would always underestimate. So, you know, always overestimate how long something's going to take you. Because then I'd have to go back and charge them more at the end. <laughs> okay, interesting. That's good for us. Hmm. And, okay, so you freelance for a little bit. I, I mean, there's people that, there's a lot of people that just freelance. Um, yeah. Like that's where they kind of like the money is at. Like that's pretty much the goal for a lot of creatives. Not everybody, but I mean, there could be a lot of money in that. And it's pretty, you work on your own, like your own and you get your own hours and you work as much as you want. You have your rate. If you're, you value yourself, what you think you're valued at, which is incredible. You got to prove yourself with a good career in your book and all that later on. It takes time, but yeah. awesome. you already got a little taste of it. Yeah. I, it's definitely not something I would want to do in the long term. I think I can definitely see the value in it. Like you were saying, it is where the money's at. It is nice to kind of be your own boss almost. Um, but I really like agency life just because I really like actually like forming connections with my coworkers and kind of like being a part of a bigger thing. Yeah. At this stage of your career. Yeah. Who knows where it's going to be. What you're right. Do. Maybe if I figure out how to do freelance taxes better. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to do. I think we're offering like an intro to freelance workshop here at Chicago Portfolio School, where they run you through like the taxes and just like every step of it. So mm -hmm. I'll plug that sometimes. I need, some I need to take that. <laughs> yeah, because people can freelance on the side. Like you can do that anytime. Right. Yeah, make some extra money. <clears throat> cool. So, all right, what was, so you said you freelanced on the side after school and it took you some time. When did you break in? What's, your, what's the break in look like? Um, also Twitter. <laughs> so then I had been freelancing for a little bit. And then again, somebody posted about a job posting at Crispin Porter Bogusky and said that they were looking for an entry level copywriter. It wasn't someone I knew. We just randomly followed each other. 
And so I just DM'd her and I was like, hey, I'm interested. Here's my book. And then next thing I knew, I was having interviews and I was hired within a couple of weeks. All right. Let's, what's this Twitter thing that you're speaking of? Uh, <laughs> how does that, like, how did you, you just start off by following some like interesting people and then they, you follow who they follow, you follow who, what, they, what they retweeted. And the next thing you know, you're in this thing called advertising Twitter. Yeah. So there's, there's a huge amount of people on ad Twitter. I hate that it's like, that's like a thing that it's like called that, but that's very much what it is. Yeah. yeah. Just a bunch of people who work in advertising and we all collectively follow the same people, follow each other. There's a lot of complaining. There is a lot of complaining. It's like where everybody's like, nobody's afraid of anything. No, it's like our safe space. It is so safe, but. I also saw a tweet one time where someone said that it's like a copywriter's paradise because it's the only time that someone doesn't like edit what you write down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a lot of copywriters for sure that run the space. Yeah. They're hilarious. Um, Anybody like any like accounts you recommend and we can write them down too, but off the top of your head that you recommend to follow immediately? Um, absolutely. Female copywriter, but missing the E after female, I believe. I think yep. the username was taken. Um, and then Dong Draper, <laughs> obviously. And then shout out a couple of my friends, Brooke Strozis. Um, her name is Stroznuts on Twitter. Yep. My friend Carrie Ann, hers is bar- Barely Carrie. Those are just a couple of great follows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's if you're co- if you're interested in copywriting, you got you got to be on it. Yeah. Even though a lot of my Twitter's time has been taken up by TikTok now. Very true. A lot of people are making the shift, yeah. but I think Twitter is just still one of those spaces that's never going to go away. Everybody likes it too much. It's one of those apps that's never going to die, like Instagram. Yeah, I heard somebody say Instagram will be the first to die. I think it's already on its way. <laughs> I like the, I like some of the kind of thing. It's funny, I'm, for advertising, it's like the graphic design, like this is like, it's like five steps for like better graphic design and, and you just like, they're interesting, but have you seen those? Like they have like yeah. the graphic <laughs> ones. I, I kind of, I like looking at those. I never take anything away, but. <laughs> Okay, so you Twitter and you interviewed and you went, you got a CPB. So that's your breaking story. Mm-hmm. Twitter. Yep. <laughs> that's my that's my biggest piece of advice. Also, is get on to add Twitter. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. I think that's very, like for our generation, that's a really good lesson. I think it just comes. I mean, people to combine. I think the lesson is to combine your professional interests into your daily social media. Yeah, I definitely think that there's like a balance that you have to walk because you of course like want to have your life outside of work and everything. But I think for me, it's more so the opposite. It's more like bring your personality and who you really are to work. So it's like while I'm on ad Twitter, I'm just like shit posting all the time. Like it, it hardly ever has to do with advertising. And if it is, it's like a joke about advertising. And yeah. I think that's what most of it is. So I think it's less that we all have to be like, you know, blending our personal and professional lives. And it's more just like showing up as yourself in every space that you're given. Love it. Wow. 
Very well put. That'll be the sound bite for this episode for sure. <laughs> Great. So you got you were at Crispin, you left Crispin. How long did it take you to leave Crispin? Um, so I think I was there for about six months or maybe a little bit under. Yep, and never it's never too when you feel like you're ready to leave, you just go. There's no need yeah. to wait any longer. Um, nobody cares if you jump around in this industry. If you got to go move to make more money or there's a better opportunity or you like another team, go do it. You don't owe anybody shit in this industry yeah. or really any, any business, right? People like our parents used to work at the same place for 20, 30 years. That's not the case. Go do your thing. Yeah. I think it's super common to bounce around. I mean, we see it all the time. Nobody stays at a place for more than like three years. Yeah. But also when you're first starting out, like me specifically at CPB for only a couple months, it was just the next jump felt so right that it was just like, that's what you have to do. And I yeah. think that early on in your career, it's so totally fine. And I wish that more people took advantage of that because I see a lot of people, you know, break into the first place that they break into and yeah. they feel like this was my first break. I have to stay here for X amount of time, but you don't. That's just your jumping off point. Yeah, obviously don't be rude or do it the right way. No, know. yeah, like don't burn bridges, you know, keep the connection and everything, but like no one's ever gonna blame you for, you know, taking the next best thing that comes your way as long as you like maintain those good relationships. I just FaceTimed three of the people I worked with at CPB for like two hours the other night because we all keep in contact. Yeah, exactly. I was at a point, I was at Edelman before my job now, and I was there for like six months as well, maybe less. And I would, my la I think the last episode I filmed or recorded was with my old professor, Peter Sheldon. It's, it's my parents' favorite episode of the pod. <laughs> and I was like super emotional. I was like getting down. I was like, I feel like leaving. I wasn't, I wasn't really happy with my, my, my situation. Not that there's anything wrong with Edelman, but just wasn't for me. Yeah. And I remember he just saying, like, I his biggest regret was not leaving earlier at one of his jobs in his career. Yeah. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm leaving. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, I think that you have to, like, take the risk. I was very nervous about jumping to Virtue. I was like, what if I'm – because I also got a promotion when I went to Virtue. Right. Oh, I remember you talking about this last time. Explain that situation a little bit. Right. So I was – you know, an entry level junior copywriter when I was at CPB and I was only there for a couple months. And then the position that was open at Virtue was for a mid-level writer, which would typically be someone with like one to three years, probably more upwards of like three years. And I didn't know if I was, you know, experienced or qualified enough to actually get the position, but I kind of was just like, I'm just going to try and whatever happens, happens. And then I ended up getting it and it was really exciting. So that would be my other piece of advice is like, don't let, don't be the person who like stops you from thinking that you're qualified. Let them tell you that, you know, you're not right for the position, but if it's something that you want, like you have to just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've, been at, now I've been at Virtue for like six months. I just got off an all agency call and I got a Virtue award for the year. Nice. What was the award? I got the Courageous Award. They have like a lot of different like pillars yeah. of virtue. There's like the nine, the nine noble virtues or whatever it is. And I got the courageous one. So there we go. Perfectly fits into this narrative. 
Congrats. Thank you. I'm writing that down for the intro. I'm going to talk about that in the intro for sure. Amazing. So, and now let's loop back. I think we came full circle. Remind us now, like what, what you're working on at Virtue, like paint the picture. Like what is it like working there, like in your day to day? Yeah. Virtue is awesome. I think that it is like an extremely, not even underrated, but just kind of under the radar. Not a lot of people know about it, but they do some really amazing work. Um, and I think going into this next year, people are going to start hearing about it a lot more. We're taking on a ton of work for Logitech, which is like a really booming business right now. Ton of work for Coca-Cola, which obviously is incredible. Um, so yeah, that's what I primarily work on. Vanguard also huge financial company. So yeah, so we have a ton of Thomas ton of stuff coming up for this upcoming year. Yeah. Yeah, promote Vanguard because I have I invest in Vanguard through Vanguard. So I'll <laughs> help you make money. I appreciate that. But fantastic. That's all I got. Any other like big piece of big pieces of advice that you maybe didn't we didn't get to that you want to cover? I would say one of the other biggest things that has been like very fundamental to my career has been having mentors and it doesn't even have to be anything formal, but just like people who have gone through what you've gone through that you can go to and ask, you know, the silly questions or just the questions that aren't for someone at work. So like, let's say you have an issue with someone at work or with your manager or whatever it is, you don't want to like go and talk to the people that you have an issue with about it it's right. so nice having this like third party person and i i owe a ton to my mentors and i would say that most of them again twitter i apologize but most of them are just people i literally dm'd and i'm like your tweets are funny let's get on a call and you know just talk and then we ended up you know really enjoying each other and then they become a mentor and yeah. i have a mentee also someone who i mentor who also reached out to me through twitter so everybody's willing to help if you just like put yourself out there and say that you want someone to talk to pretty much. I do it on LinkedIn. I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just whatever platform works for you. Yeah. And yeah, I love that advice. But I mean, that's even, that's how you get people on the podcast too. I didn't know you before. You just reach out on LinkedIn. You're like, you want to be on it? I'm like, duh. Yeah. You got to <laughs> add value though in some way, I think. Cause if you just, and you got to personalize in your note, Every time I, I do a similar note, hi, I, I, I'm Gino. I do this podcast. You'd be really, I, somebody recommended you. Do you want to come on? And like, I would say six out of 10 times, they'll say they'll, they'll, they'll accept the request. And then eight out of 10 times, if not nine out of 10 times, they'll come on the pod. Yeah. I mean, I would say for the mentor thing too, like, I don't even feel like you have to really have value i think that a lot of people have gone through the same thing where they've just had people who were more experienced than them that they could go to and so they really feel this need to give back so especially when you're early in your career when you're like in those first couple of years people are just so genuinely willing to help for like no reason yeah you gotta yeah absolutely and you you can tell like the people that like to give back and are active in the community right yeah you don't want to go to somebody that's got like nothing on their profile or they don't post at all. <laughs> like a jerk or whatever. Well, the worst thing is they don't respond and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's absolutely nothing that could like harm the situation. Yeah. You just have to ask. 
All right. And speaking of just asking, uh, how can they ask you for help or advice if they wanted to our listeners, that being said? Um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. Don't have to add value. <laughs> just yeah. hit me in my messages and say that you want to hop on a call, and I'm definitely willing to chat with anybody. Cool. All right. Then I'll link your contact information and profiles and our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. So that's all I got, Manny. This has been a great take two of your episode. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. All right. Have a good one. See ya. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod it's all one word breaking and entering pod on instagram we have links to their portfolios and their linkedin and they want to connect so do that and thank yous thank you to mikey malarkey our audio engineer and buchan jong our creative director can't do without you two and a team from the university of illinois it's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.